Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Which brings us to our full court press here in Dallas tonight. One of our favorites, Chuck Cooperstein, the voice of the Dallas Mavericks, star of the, what was the name of the SMU thing? Best team money Pony Excess. Pony, Pony Excess, the star of the ESPN 30 for 30. Just means they're old. It's all you know, I've learned that. <laughs> Max and I just had our, had our thousandth game, and they had us out there, and all I was thinking was, that just means we're old. It means we showed up to work a thousand times in a row. That's that's, that's no big deal. Uh, this is uh, well, Doc Rivers would call this, this is Jurassic Week here for Dallas. You get we have uh, you got the Lakers on Wednesday, the Celtics here tonight. Throw the Spurs into the mix. Are the Mavericks? Uh, is this team, the Mavericks team, the best chance of the dinosaurs to? still be, you know, uh, breathing oxygen come June. I, I think the Mavericks and Spurs. I, I love San Antonio. I love the way they play. I love how hard they play. I love how they just let nothing get in the way of what their appointed business is. I love how Pop has been able to work young guys into the mix and, and plays unafraid. And obviously, when you've won four titles, you can do things that a lot of other people can't do, like the game when they played here against us when he benched all his starters down 18 and played the reserves all but like nine seconds the rest of the way and put that game in overtime. They made a bunch of threes. and. I really like their team, and I like the way they play. Having said that, I, I like the Mavericks. I think that we haven't really seen the Mavericks in the form that ultimately I think we will see them in. I think we saw them maybe for about two games, and then Delonte West got hurt. He's been playing fantastic here. Uh, you know, really bad injury last Wednesday against Denver. So I, I think when all is said and done, the fact that uh, the, the Mavericks have really taken on a defensive bent, we know they can score when they have to score. And they have this veteran experience that goes along with that. I think it's going to carry them a long way here in the, in the Western Conference. Well, you just wanted to speak and you know, talk about some of your stars on your team. And obviously, Dirk is your star. With last year's win, did it kind of take him off that limb? Because everybody had questioned, you know, great talent, you know, can score. Well, you tell d- me. During the regular season. Well, you, you tell me because I, I never had that issue because we all saw that Dirk's numbers in the playoffs – were better than they were in the regular season. I mean, he was phenomenal in the playoffs, but he never really got a lot of help. Well, let me let me digress. We're we, we going to give Chuck some background I, I, on I, Max's, uh, Max's I, spot I, in Boston. I, I don't the, think that you follow me the here. Premier Dirk defender, essentially, <laughs> Chuck. What you have to understand is that uh, again, in this in the world of taking things out of context, about ten years ago, Max made the statement that Dirk. I don't say it was better than Larry Bird, and it was at that stage of his career. Mm-hmm. Now, saying that in Boston, he then went on to say things about the Pope and, <laughs> you know, and the Kennedys. But at that, obviously, it stuck with him for a long time to the point where uh, this is a true story. After the Golden State loss, the Dallas loss in 07, uh, many people, including Danny Ainge, called me to complain because Max's voicemail was full. So the, it was the next best thing they could do was call me to try to, to, try to make this point. But... What did it mean to Dirk to finally, to finally get to that? I think it meant everything. You know, he, he plays to win, has always played to win. You know, he achieved one goal by leading Germany to the Olympics and carrying the flag. I mean, that was a huge, huge deal to him. 
But listen, you know, every great player wants to win a championship. You know, nobody wants to be the one known as the best player never to win one. So when you finally do win one, and then add in how they won, who they beat, how he played, uh, it was it was really a very complete moment for well, him. Well, essentially, if you think about him, this is why I got it, is that if you had Dirk out there the, with his supporting cast compared to other guys' supporting casts over the years. Exactly. Dirk carried more of the low. And, no, no and question. that is why I think it was such a definitive moment for him winning the championship uh, last I, year. I, I think, it, I think it, you know, the first one defines you in, in, in so many ways. But I, I think also just how he played, how brilliant he was. You know, 12 of the 21 games he scored in double figures in the fourth quarter. You know, he, he has a game in which he scores 48 against Oklahoma City and has 15 shots, you know, from the floor in order to do that. I mean, there were so many amazing things that happened all along the way. And, and to finally win it and then, you know, everybody having so much fun with it afterwards, it, it, it defined him as a player. And then people in the aftermath, you know, saw the, the, the singing at the parade and just, you know, saw the, you know, the goofy side of him, too. That just, it made him seem really human, really likable, and, and, and a champion at the same time. One of the things that, uh, you know, I really like about all this, and, and Sean and I have been there, of going through the times of having a team that's not so good as a broadcaster. And then all of a sudden getting on that ride where you see the magic and every night you think that this team could be a championship team. How has it affected you as a broadcaster? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm a little different from you. Where's that, where's that ring? I thought, well, you, were, thought you were, were going to see it by next th- time. Th- this, this is the extent of my bling, <laughs> my, my, my watch and my wedding ring. I'm scared to wear it. I like to put my hands in my pockets and the thing's too big to put in your pockets. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for me, uh, it's different because my team is one. I mean, my team wins 50 games every year. My team goes to the playoffs every year. I haven't had the the 25-win season or the 20-win season. I'm the most incredibly spoiled announcer that America has ever seen. But when you get to that level, even winning 50 (laughs) games and going there and losing, but now to go to the ultimate and to win it, it still has to be somewhat different, doesn't it? Well, yes. It's, you know, you always dream about stuff like that. I'm sure you dreamed it as a player, right? I mean, you dreamed of winning a championship. Well, when you won it, wasn't it a whole lot better? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's what this was. I mean, the reality was so much better than the dream. And then, you know, that moment, that night, you know, in the locker room back at the at the at on South Beach and then the parade and the rally and, you know, going to the White House and doing all these things that, you know, you you can't even fathom that all you these watch things. people do yes. all your career. And you don't think that you're going to do it. And then you finally get to do it. And it was it was incredible. And it's been the most fun. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the Mavericks have really done it very well as far as, the, you know, the banner raising, the rings, and how they've handed out the rings. And, you know, when, when Tyson Chandler comes here in a couple weeks with the Knicks, uh, it, it's going to be just a rousing ovation. When J.J. got his, when the, when the team got theirs back on January 25th. And, you know, People fell in love with that team. They hated the fact that the team was broken up, but uh, I think a lot of people understand it was, uh, you know, it was a function of what's gone on since June the 12th. Real quick, from a generational standpoint, as someone who has been here so long and in this city, could you have fathomed the Mavericks? And this is a say whatever you want about him outside of Dallas. Mark Cuban is at the forefront of this, making this franchise in this extraordinary Cowboys town at a time that the Rangers are, are a World Series a, team. A World Series team. That now in this generation, 
you know, you have created, when you start with a new team 30 years ago, you don't have the, the, the heritage and the legacy. And now, here it is, a generation later, a championship, and this team being consistently one of the elite teams. Mark Cuban has done what he set out to do. Well, you know, when the Mavericks first came in the league, I mean, they, they got good pretty fast, certainly by expansion standards. They had about a six-year period from 1984 to 1990 where, where they were pretty good, where they were challenging the Lakers. They took the Lakers to seven in the Western Conference Finals in 88. And if Mark McGuire doesn't get hurt, maybe – Maybe they win it. But, you know, the, the 90s were just the, the total dark ages, as uh, my good friend Bob Ortigal likes to tell me, 100, uh, 197 and uh, 507 in that period of time. They were the worst franchise in, in the deck, worse than the Clippers, worse than anybody in professional sports. And then to see it bounce back like this and, you know, be in this building, and it's going to be 417 consecutive sellouts tonight, you know, with the Celtics coming in here and just and knowing that there's a banner, you know, that's been raised up there. It's it's really quite phenomenal. What's it like to work for him? We won't tell anybody. You can. No, he's he's good. I mean, he's good to me. He's he's easy. He leaves me alone. Let's me lets me do my thing. And you know, he's but he I know he's he's demanding of, of the people who who really do work for him. You know, in the sales staff. I mean, he's it's sell sell sell. You know, get the name of the Mavericks out there because we are in a cowboy town and you always fight that uphill struggle in you know trying to get the entertainment. Dollars. So he, he wants young, aggressive kids who are going to be able to do that. Chuck Cooper, Steve, the voice of the Dallas Mavericks. Thanks for her hanging out with us. And, hey, you're courtside tonight. So I'm loving this. <laughs> few, few and far between. We will yes. all enjoy it. Still to come, our conversation with the head coach when we return. Quick trip around the NBA. That's next. Heading for the Celtics and the Mavericks in Dallas on the WEEI Celtics Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.